Hello, and welcome to All Things Marketing and Education. My name is Ilana Leone, and I've devoted my career to helping education brands build their brand awareness and engagement. Each week, I sit down with educators, edtech entrepreneurs, and experts in educational marketing and community building. All of them will share their successes and failures using social media, inbound marketing or content marketing, and community building. I'm excited to guide you on your journey to transform your marketing efforts into something that provides consistent value and ultimately improves the lives of your audience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special live stream. I'm Ilana Leone. I'm the CEO of Leone Consulting Group. And today you will actually find out that I'm also the chairman of the newly founded LCG Foundation and what we're gonna be talking about. So today I have the pleasure of talking with some of my favorite people, fellow LCG team members. Today I have Jen Gibson, Anna Fields, and Porter Palmer, who will all be talking to us about our new foundation, the LCG Foundation. Whoop, whoop. So um, I'm going to talk a little bit about the foundation and give you some background on our team members, and then we'll get into it. But this is a very special bonus episode, special live stream. The LCG Foundation, we officially formed it about a year ago. I can't believe it's been a year. It is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, and we exist to better the lives of educators by providing direct-to-educator grants. So we'll get into the all the nooks and crannies about what that actually means, our impact to date. Um, we'll also reveal some high-level findings about what we found about the K-12 education grant space. And stay tuned because at the end of the episode, we'll be announcing something super special for Giving Tuesday. But before we do all of this fun stuff, I'd like to introduce my talented team. So I'm going to start with Jen Gibson. So Jen Gibson helps lead accounts for all of our grant clients who need someone to partner with to effectively disperse their grants directly to educators. So Jen is that face. And Miss Anna Fields is also joining us. She literally does everything she can to make this happen in an effective, efficient on time way. She is in all sense the backbone of the foundation and it would not run without her. And last but not least, we have Miss Porter Palmer, who is the director of Joy at LCG. And you may, I believe Porter might have been our first ever podcast. So we started the LCG podcast about a year ago as well. We have about 40 episodes. She was the very first guest talking about the joy of community. So Porter is also a board member of the foundation. So she's gonna be talking about her role and what she sees on the strategic lens. And of course there's me, I am the chairman of the foundation and someone who helps run things from a, a very high vantage point. So we're all doing what we can to make an impact in this space. I can't, can't wait to get into all of the impact and the lessons learned so far. So. Let's back up a little bit. Let's start off with how this all started. And some of you listening, I hear you in my ear saying, wow, she is absolutely crazy to start up a foundation when she still has a young agency since LCG is only five years old. But honestly, when I see an opportunity to make an impact, all of us are going to jump. And when I was saying, no, we can't do it, there were team members on this call saying, yes, we can and we should because it'll make a difference in educators' lives. So 
I would like to talk about some high-level findings so far of the study we first conducted that really showed us we have an opportunity to make an impact and make an impact in a way that really hasn't been made. And hopefully, we can make an impact that inspires others to do the same. So we conducted a study, and Jen, do you want to do a, a brief high-level overview of what our findings were in this study? And I think we did this about a year and a half ago, something like that? Yes, yes. Well, I, I think that's a great place to start because we had so many assumptions, and, and we were right on a lot of them, but there were also some things that we found out in this study. And so as a foundation, you really, I think, described our mission, really helping educators. We wanted to know what might that look like and how do we best do that. So one thing that we found in this study is that equity wasn't something that we were finding across the board with grant giving. And that that was that was really powerful and, and, and actually sad. We found so many teachers didn't know about grants, didn't apply for grants, didn't feel empowered, all the things. And so we, we realized access to grants is a huge equity, um, you know, like where we could just allow pathways into that. And so the next thing that we found was um, that Jen, sorry to interrupt, but yeah. I think I just want to pause because there may be some educators on listening here. And for the ed tech people, I want to put it in context. But for the educators listening, I bet you all know one person that's really good at getting grants. And it's one person and they get all the grants. And sometimes they get grants when they don't even really need them, right? So I, I just mm -hmm. want to give the, the virtual head nod of the people listening on that one. And then for <laughs> <laughs> and we interviewed those people in our study as well. And we just said, something's wrong. People mm -hmm. that need it most aren't applying. And the people that are applying just do it because they can, they know they can get it. And they don't, mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily correlate with need. And I wanted to give that extra context to ed tech folk, because I don't think they understand the landscape of K-12 education grants. And they don't really understand, I think, also, when you think about the landscape, you don't think about grants directly to educators as much because it is a small portion of the pie, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we found a lot of those examples out there and, and some educators just gave up. They just didn't even want to bother with the grant process because they believed it to be so burdensome. And so that was something else that we found was that, you know, ease and flexibility around applying for a grant just isn't done. It's usually, you need to prove to me that you're going to use this money in the right way. And that really didn't honor an educator's experience and professionalism. Um, and so a lot of educators may have an idea, but they just don't know how to even give it, get it funded because there isn't a grant that matches it or the grants parameters are so strict that they go, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to use it the way they want me to. So that was something we looked at. And, and I think from what we've learned, and I, I, you're probably going to go into that more and, and as we go along, educators value that so, so much. They feel honored as a professional. They feel they're being seen and heard. So that to me is just like total win right there. Yes, yes. So I think there's so many things embedded into the K-12, like direct to educator grant process that shook me to my core and said, mm -hmm. gosh, this assumes that we don't trust educators and we don't empower them to spend money on what they want 
to use the money that makes the most difference in their day-to-day classroom and their lives, right? So like mm-hmm. those are just like little things that just like after reading it, geez, come on, let's trust our educators. Let's help them. They have the hardest job. Let's not make it hard for grants. So the next thing that we really found in our study is that as we've, we've already been hinting at is this idea of unrestricted funds and very few opportunities out there that uh, educators could find uh, around these types of grants. So we, we really wanted to look at how might we do this where an educator says, yes, I'm being honored with this flexibility process, but I'm also getting unrestricted funds that I can use. I can purchase that, you know, classroom supplies, PD, I can purchase books, uh, whatever I think I need to do my job and to support the students in my classroom. So that was part of that whole ease and flexibility. And I I think we should also backwards, uh, go backwards a bit. We talked about flexibility, but I want to go back to that word ease because as Anna's going to go into this a little bit more, we knew our process needed to be simple. We knew we had to take away the barriers to applying for a grant. You know, we were hearing things from educators where they spent 20, 30 hours in putting the research together to apply for a grant and then maybe not get it. And that isn't okay. And so that's where we, I just wanted to go back to that part because I think that's, we didn't highlight it enough. Yeah, and I'm glad you did because I would have asked you a follow-up question on that. (laughs) I think you hinted that like, it is a quote unquote, very burdensome process. It's something that educators say, I'm going to devote an entire day to, and I'm going to spend all of this time. But then when I submit it, I'm not even sure I have a chance. And they don't update me to let me know what my chances are, or I don't really have a lot of communication. Is it worth my time? Mm -hmm. I mean, there's so many, like when I think about best practices and what we do at LCG on the marketing and community side, we're all about real-time collaboration, transparency, and none of that was happening in the grant process. Yeah. And, and, and so that uh, those, those things, so it's, you know, that ease, that flexibility, unrestricted funding, we also found, and this was the part that just made us all our hearts hurt is that educators needs are not being met in the workplace, simple, basic needs that they, they need these particular items to do the job, to help their students. And we heard those stories over and over again. And, you know, that, I, I mean, we could spend a whole podcast just on that alone, but that is the bottom line. Their needs are not being met. Simple, plain and simple. So how do we do that? <laughs> that was what and, we did. And I think that, like fundamentally, those of us that have been working in K-12 education knew this, right? We knew that that we, we have been looking at stats on how many out-of-pocket um, expenses that educators had to take from their own very low disposable income mm-hmm. to spend on basic necessities in the classroom. Like we knew that, but I think this all just made it get so real and say, wow, the really basics. And then once we start, we're going to get into when we started dispersing grants, we'll see what the educators spent their money on. And some of that also gave us goosebumps of like, really, they don't have money for this. And, and as the pandemic in, you know, really 100% shifted education through everyone upside down, their needs become greater and the support, regardless of how much funding is available for schools, we didn't see it trickle down to educators as much. It's true. It's true. And what 
I, I think one final thing that really popped out to me is that we know that the cost of, per, you know, is just continuing to go up with inflation. So educators are having more and more funds taken out of their direct pocket. What we still see is the highest uh, category that that is being um, the grant money is being spent on is classroom supplies. We still see that as the number one area, and then PD closely behind that, and technology after that. So. I think that tells a story there. I think those are some of our key findings. We we did a lot of work on this research, but I think those highlight um, what we're seeing out there. Great. So if I had to sum it up, it would say lack of voice and choice of educators. Um, and that includes the, the flexibility and the things you were talking about and also the credibility and trust that we empower educators. Um, ease, burdensome, easy. We want to, you know, make sure that we're striving for that because right now the norm is the other. Um, and equity and access. So yeah. a lack of that. Yes. So, so thank you, Jen. Um, I think I'm, now that we have a little bit of foundation, so we conducted this survey, it all just brought us to like marching and saying, we got to do something. This This system is not working or maybe it's working for the, few it's designed for, who knows, but whatever it is, it's moving us to action. So I'd like to invite the other two people on the call, Anna and Porter, to really talk about like from the study, what resonated with you most? What do you think we have done so far as a foundation to help close some of the gaps in these issues? All right. Hi, I'm Porter. Um, I serve on the board of the LCG Foundation and um, I was a classroom teacher. And so I remember I spent eight years teaching students with disabilities. And I remember how um, desperate I was for resources and classroom materials. And one of the things that stood out to me in in the research that we did in, before offering the grant was how, wow, things haven't changed. I didn't feel like I was fully equipped when I left the classroom 20 plus years ago. And I'm like, wow, things haven't changed. Teachers still feel ill-equipped um, to do the work that their kid that they need to do for their kids. And so that's what stands out to me about our initial work that, that we've done as a foundation is that we've also gone to um, combat that by putting money into teachers' hands directly. And so that's that's the thing that stands out to me is that one of the things that we found out was that teachers still are not equipped to do their jobs, even this many years, and that we can put money directly in their hands and make that difference. I think that um, <clears throat> the way that I got into working in education was because I worked in many different fields for a very long time. I was in I worked for the Department of Defense. I was in the military. I worked in corporate finance, animation and visual effects. And I got to a point where I would just watch the news and see all the bad things and it would overwhelm me. And I just kept saying, I want to go work at a nonprofit. I need to go work in a nonprofit and help. I need to participate in helping. And I was like, okay, narrow your focus. 
what can you really do that's going to have the biggest impact? And I decided that educators have the biggest impact. They're the ones, that's the long game. They're the ones that are actually going to change the world for the better. So I focused on helping educators. And it's been like such an amazing experience working at LCG, the most fulfilling job I've had out of all the amazing careers that I've had. And then to get to start up this foundation um, has been like an amazing experience. And I'm always like, even though I have tons of experience and my own education, I'm always really impressed by Porter and Jen and Alana and the rest of our team and all how much they know and the experience says that they've had that bring their A game to work every day. And so, you know, the whole process has been amazing. And then to actually research what is actually happening with these teachers and know the facts and not just the assumptions, which I sometimes, you know, go with assumptions because I know the teachers that I know and what they're going through, but it's, it's broad. They're, what, what I know is correct. That is what's happening, you know, to everyone right now. So, <clears throat> I didn't know that they had to write these novels and wait months to get their money and not know if they're going to get it. And what's nice about the grant givings we've done is they've been structured in a way where it's highly likely they're going to get approved. There are things that you have to do to make sure that you're following IRS guidelines. So you just have to do it. But there are ways that we've structured it where the average teacher is getting their funds in 11 and a half days from the time they apply to the time that the funds are in their account and they can spend it, which is pretty impressive. It's a, it's entirely impressive. Like stop mic drop moment pause. Like we're talking about, I think our, when we looked at the space, it was months and then there was no transparency, no, no communication on if the grant was closed, all of the things, right? But we're saying we can get it to you, you know, if the process and, and the client says, I, I want this in the most streamlined, effective way, and we don't have additional verification, we'll get it to you with almost within two, two business weeks, it feels like, right? And that's huge because one of the things when educators got the money, say they said, I wanted to create a makerspace, and they do all the things and they don't know um, by the time they get approved, if they get approved, which is a small chance, they've already bought it or figured out a way to make it happen. And so those funds have come in at not the right time that they actually needed to purchase the thing. So there's all of that going on. And so we just wanted to say, how can we make it happen? How can we get it to you quickly? Anna, did you want to add anything else? I know you're kind of mid-thought. I just wanted to stop at the mic. No, that I mean, that is the really big thing is just, you know, constantly improving the system, seeing where there's a hang up and making sure that we tweak it so it doesn't happen the next time so that they have a smooth experience. And most of them do have a pretty flawless experience, maybe spending, you know, 10 to 30 minutes of their time on the entire process. Um, and that's it, you know, and um, that's important because their time is very valuable <laughs> and they need their downtime as well. So they're not doing this on the clock, you know, like a lot of jobs would allow you to just fill out an application really quick while, you know, you're at work or something. So um, and then I do like the idea of putting the power in their hands to spend the funds on what they need for their classrooms because they run the ship in their classrooms. And so they know what they want. And 
we get a lot of responses being thankful about that because they can choose and they can change their minds between the two weeks that they're waiting for the money if it happens, you know, and some of them do that. And it's just funny to me that like, it's not funny, but I, I feel like when educators say they're going to do something with the money, they like, if it's almost like they tattooed it on in their chest, right? They're like, I'm going to do it because I put it in my grant. And then they're just not used to flexibility. So we'll follow up with a survey and say, hey, did you actually spend it on what you said? We're just curious. Um, and they're like, you know, I spent it on something else. I'm so sorry. And, I, you know, sometimes they'll email you proactively to like let you know. We're like, no, it's all about trusting you. You know what's best in your classroom. And for me, it just is an illustration on how much our system fundamentally doesn't trust educators and tells them what to do, whether it be PD, uh, money if they get it, all of the things. So, yeah, I think, you know, Anna, when you talked about the process, I think let's go into the process a little bit. It, it's a current process that we've designed just for a few select clients. And like you said, as we get more and more educators going through it, we're optimizing and tweaking it to be as effective as possible. But Anna, do you wanna kind of go through the, the online process just on a high level so people can understand what the typical educator experience is? So basically um, they go online and there's a landing page that describes the grant and the criteria. And then they fill out a application that's pretty brief and it takes less than 10 minutes most of the time. And then within two days, typically um, we approve their grant or ask clarifying questions. And then the next step is they go and set up a Stripe account and Stripe is something that a lot of the educators are not familiar with. It's similar to PayPal or Venmo. It is a way to get funds from one account to another without having that person's routing number or bank banking information. So um, <clears throat> we trans uh, once they set up their Stripe account, then we transfer funds from our Stripe account to their Stripe account, and then Stripe automatically deposits the funds into their account within eight business days. So the bulk of the process is the Stripe transfer eight days that we're waiting on out of the whole two week process. That's amazing. And when we designed the process, we said, how can we have a frictionless process that is, is designed mostly online and we do help the educators that maybe haven't done this and like Anna said Stripe's kind of new for a lot of educators so we learned to put testimonials on our page with educators talking about how they trusted Stripe and or maybe they didn't initially and it was such a seamless process like we've learned to really educate ed some educators around this is a safe secure process like trust us um, but we learned so much with that and I think think that we are all incredibly proud that we're able to give funds to educators in such a short amount of time and empower them to do with it, the, the grant money what they feel is best for their classroom, for their kids, whatever it may be, for themselves. Um, okay, so we talked a little bit about the process. We talked a little bit about what we found, what moved us into action to create this foundation. Um, Anna, I hate to put you on the spot all the time, but you're the one kind of at the helm knowing all, all the numbers. But why don't you take a, a minute to talk about our pro, like our progress so far as a foundation? Like how much money have we distributed to educators? Where generally are the educators? What are we on pace to distribute this year? So to date, we've distributed roughly $250,000 and we're on track to distribute 
$520,000 by the end of the year. Yes. Bravo. Such a big deal. And when we think about the number, I'd almost want to like work backwards to the educators. So most of our grants right now are $250 grants to educators. So they might even be called in the scheme of the landscape, like micro grants or, or whatnot. And the reason why we've partnered with some people around that is because a lot of them want to reach as many educators as possible. And we also went in with an assumption that $250 may make a difference in an educator's life. It may be enough to make a difference. I just wanted to, to validate that. One of the things that I do is to follow up with educators that have received the grant. And in those interviews, I learned so much about, you know, what they did with the money, but every single one of them has told me that $250 did make a difference. It did mean something to them. It changed just a little bit for them, uh, an environment uh, that, that, where they needed tools. So I, I just want to say that's been validated over and over. And one of the assumptions, well, the I mean the anti-assumption, but I thought personally that two hundred and fifty dollars going through our process, which isn't a typical grant process, wouldn't give them the confidence to go out and apply for more grants. But what we found was the is the difference of that, right, Jen? Again, every single one. I when we wrote that as a question and for our interviews, I'm like, they're gonna say no. They they're like, what do you? It's just a, a no. Every single person I've talked to has said it did give them more confidence. I even talked to educators in that two week time period that went out and started finding more grants because this was so easy. They knew that maybe not all grants were going to be as transparent and easy, but now they said, I'm going for it. This is too good to stop. So that's great data right there. Um. I think when I think about everything we've been doing in the foundation, we look at the amount total distributed and what we're on pace to do. Um, a lot of the interviews give us that qualitative feeling of, yes, we're, we're on track. We're doing something unique and difference that does make a difference. The thing that gets me and I, Porter, I'd love to hear from you, too, is when I look at who gets the grant, a significant majority of the people that got the grant were first time grant recipients. And when we think about equity and access, that just like brings me to my core of yes, yes. And if those people now have confidence to do more grants, there's, there's some slight changing in the system there. I mean, that, that certainly is a thing that excites me that people who have never gone after these buckets of money that are available companies have want to to do good and they have this money available and i have worked in organizations and with organizations who partner with people to give things away and sometimes it's really hard just to get people to learn about the things that you want to do so that so to know that we've had so many teachers who have never applied for a grant take us up on this opportunity um, is a testament to how easy and accessible this is, um, how it solves a problem for teachers. 
get super pumped. <laughs> yes. And I think that that, you know, when people say, gosh, why'd you form a foundation? What y'all doing over there? And it's like just being able to make direct, immediate impact. It really fuels us as a team, but it also brings LCGs the, on the agency side even more mission-driven. When we say LCG is mission-driven, we partner with brands that we believe we could partner with and show them the way or accelerate the way and say, hey, we believe creating meaningful relationships, collaborating and listening in this symbiotic relationship with educators is the way to go. It's not marketing at them or selling at them or predatory practices. That is the way. And so when we offer those services around content marketing, social media marketing, community building, it's all in that. It's about really respecting and elevating educator voices. And the foundation does that in a really cool way as well. But right now we're trying to figure out how does the, the LCG foundation really complement what we're doing at the at LCG agency? And we're, we've got some things to figure out. This is just a one-year endeavor, but we love what we're seeing so far. Um, Porter, I want to just throw one question to you before we get into like the future of the foundation. But I know you serve as a board member on the foundation. So you get to see on a high level, like we go over reports and all the things. I also know that you're personally very passionate about this foundation. Um, do you want to just talk to us about your experience and what's been the most meaningful or impactful for you so far? Oh, sure. So um, I told y'all I was a classroom teacher. Um, and how I remember scrounging for just anything. And when I left the classroom and I started working with people who were in the ed tech industry, one of the things that I swore was I would never forget that and that I would work to do what I could to help put the resources that teachers need into their hands after I left the classroom. And in community work, that means that I'm connecting educators to their most powerful resource, each other. And I love to be able to do that. And through our work at the LC, at LCG as an agency, we do that. And I also get to do that with our social media work where we make help teachers have the equipment that they need, like free resources or tools, web-based tools. And so I love that I'm able to equip teachers in that way. And the foundation has allowed me to be part of equipping teachers in a different way. And that still has to do with those brands that we work with, that if I can get them, so if you're a brand out there listening and you have some um, benevolence in your heart and you want to give some money and put it in the hands of teachers, you send it to us <laughs> and we will do that because that's what I swore to myself that I would do when I left the classroom is help connect teachers to brands so that they get the things to equip their classroom. Um, mm -hmm. I taught a diverse group of children and teachers are still teaching diverse children with very different needs. And so that's costly. So if we can equip them, I'm really passionate about being able to play a role in doing that. So I'm no fundraiser, but send money. <laughs> and you reminded me, Porter, is that, so we don't just distribute money. Like that is the bulk of what we do as a tool and a resource, as a foundation. We have technology, we distribute it in an effective, efficient, fun, dare I say fun way. 
Um, but what we also do is help and partner with brands to say, I'm not sure what type of grant I want. I'm not sure how I want to make an impact. I'm not sure how this will best align to my company's focus and organizational objectives. We help you craft a, strat a grant making strategy that does all of that. And we align it with evaluation best practices, right? So there's a lot we don't know, but we have a lot of questions. And we test those questions through follow-up surveys, through all of the real-time data, and give you the reports that you need to say, yes, here's what I did with this money. And here's how it makes a difference. And here's what we learned. And maybe what we learned is we want to tweak the focus of our grant just a little bit. Who knows? But I think it's like that magic of Porter and I talk about this magic in the middle a lot. But within the grant, we we kind of match evaluation best practice throughout the entire grant process. Strategy. What are you doing? What do you say you're going to do? What are you setting out to do? What's the impact you intend? And then the actual functionality of getting it out there, making a good user experience for educators. So you just reminded me of that because I think we were just talking about us as a tool, right? Sure. You also touched on community and um, that's been my favorite part of the experience is when we're grant giving in a way where the teachers are connected and some of them are in-person events, some of them are district-based and some of them are online communities and some of them aren't. And I feel like when they are based in some sort of community, it raises, it elevates the impact because they're sharing the experience with others and talking about it and even sharing, what are you spending it on? Oh, I found this coupon and, you know, you can do this with it and then it'll get you more, you know? And so those, and then some of them are just in-person events where they're just there together sharing the experience, which is, you know, also wonderful as well. But I do like when it's tied into a community because I think it, makes it more impactful when they share. Yes. So I hope that this bonus episode gave you a, a little bit of sneak peek in what we've been up to at LCG. And, you know, surprise, we formed a foundation <laughs> and we're trying to help educators as much as possible. Um, I will say that because we did this on a whim, we knew there was an opportunity and we just went for it. So what we are trying to assess right now is the future. What do we want to continue doing? We know that this is making an impact, but maybe there's another part that can complement this. So we're in the, the process of hiring, you know, it sounds very official, but you know, we're hiring some consultants and we're really working through the landscape now as it's already changed and trying to see where LCG can, the foundation can fit in and how it can best align to complement what we're currently doing on the agency side at the LCG agency. So we're doing that. Who knows what we want to be when we grow up, but we do know when we grow up, we always want to keep teachers first, you know, and help them as much as possible and have those goosebump, like worthy moments that say, yes, let's do this. Let's keep doing it. And for those of you people that say we can't do it, let's just show them wrong. Let's do it. You know, those are those moments that we all like hearing Anna and Porter and Jen talk about this impact. Like this is for real. We're making a difference and it's fueling us. Any last minute things you all want to say to close it out? 
I'm seeing some shaken heads, but I will say that we did promise at the end of the episode, we were going to talk and announce something special for Giving Tuesday. So we are announcing our first ever LCG Foundation grant. So before all of this, we were just working with clients and we're saying, hey, what do you want to do? Let's get it out to educators as much as possible, these funds. Now, with some of our profits, we're going to use that to give it out into more educators' hands. And for the first time of doing this, on Giving Tuesday, November 29th, we're going to start to announce this, but we are partnering with the Marin County Office of Education and all of the Marin. So LCG, the headquarters is in California in Marin County, um, specifically Sausalito. And so what we wanted to do is connect with our district office and say, how can we help educators? How can we help educators right now with the little funds that we have and also use it as a learning moment to see what's even more effective? So we will be granting unrestricted grants to local Marin County special educators and para-educators. We may start working with the, the current um, uh, superintendent of schools there and see if there's a, a focus around self-care specifically and see if they want to focus on that with educators during the busy holiday season. So who knows? But what we're going to be doing is donating money to those special folks that sometimes do not, sometimes most of the time, sadly, do not get recognized and get left out of a lot of grants. So that is what we are doing. That is our big announcement, Giving Tuesday. We are sending out some funds to those that need it most in Marin County, and we are just getting started. So don't say, oh, they're just focusing on Marin County. We will be expanding it as we get more clients and profit and really figure out what the heck we're doing. But we, we just want to make sure that we're learning as much as possible and growing on that and keeping educators' minds in need. So I want to thank everybody, my beautiful team that is so passionate. Um, one person that is on our board that is not here. Um, we, he is a lawyer. He is the backbone of our litigious nature, which keeps us. And we were just saying before the call, we finally got our 501c3 notice because the IRS takes years apparently to give that to us. So we are official. Um, so I just want to thank you all for listening, for supporting us, and maybe put a little call, like Porter said, is if you are a company that has some extra funds, are looking to give in a meaningful way directly to educators, hit us up. We are at LCG, so L is in, I don't know, labor, C is in cool, G is in good. <laughs> LCG found. So lcgfound.org, not lcgfoundation.org, which is a completely different organization on the website. Um, so thank you all so very much. This is a nice special bonus episode, and we will be back with the regularly scheduled All Things Marketing and Education, where I talk with marketing experts, community experts, educators, and all the things. So thank you all so much. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked what you heard and want to dive deeper, you can visit leoneconsultinggroup.com backslash podcasts for all show notes, links, and freebies mentioned in each episode. And we always love friends, so please connect with us on Twitter at Leone Group. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and click the subscribe button to be the first one notified when our next episode is released. We'll see you next week on all things marketing and education.